Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we get the inside take from actors, artists, and creators on their work, their career, and the things they obsess about. I'm your host, Connie Guillermo. Dave Bautista has had such an incredible career as an actor that many people might not even be aware that he first made a name for himself as a wrestler and mixed martial artist. Small roles in action movies, including The Scorpion King 3 and Riddick, led to what turned out to be a breakout part as Drax the Destroyer in Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy and Avengers superhero franchises. I spoke with Batista about starring in a new adaptation of the sci-fi classic Dune, about his upcoming role in Army of the Dead, and about what we can expect from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. A quick note, because of COVID-19 and shelter-in-place, our conversation was recorded over the internet. So be prepared if the audio sounds a little bit quirky. Thank you so much, Dave Batista, yeah. for taking time to talk to us. Uh, let me let me start just by asking you, what are you doing in quarantine? I am uh, <laughs> spending a lot of time with my dogs, and I am <laughs> spending a lot of time working out, and that is about it. I'm I'm actually in the best shape that I've been in in years, and my dogs are. It's funny. I think the more I'm home, the more spoiled and demanding they get. So I'm uh, catering to them and uh, training a lot. Well, <laughs> pretty boring. You're at home staying fit, which is kind of the opposite, yeah. I think, of the rest of us <laughs> who are binge yeah. eating and stressing out over cookies and things. Yeah, for you. yeah. My mom, yeah, my mom's in San Francisco, and she is just she just won't go out, and she, it's weird because she's she's a very active 71 year old, but her so for her to be kind of cooped up is she's going a little bit stir crazy. I mean, it is a pandemic, so I'm not yeah. gonna I'm not gonna diss your mom at all because I think she's <laughs> she's smart. Yeah, you've had an amazing career as an actor. Uh, Riddick, Spectre, Blade Runner, twenty forty nine, Hotel Artemis, last year Stuber, yeah. this year My Spy on Netflix, and of course yeah. Drax the Destroyer and Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. A lot of people don't even know that you had an even longer career as a successful yeah. wrestler, which I'd love to talk to you about. But I'd yeah. like to talk to you about. How you pick your roles. Um, I just saw one of your latest projects, which is yeah. HBO's Room 104, season four. Yeah. And yeah. the episode you did called Avalanche, it's, yeah. it tackles a very serious topic and it's yeah. emotionally taxing to watch. And yeah. so tell us about the episode and why you wanted to do it. I, I wanted to do it for a lot of different reasons, but the biggest reason was, and the, I have to say that when I first heard about this, my agents came to me and they knew I'm very sensitive about the professional wrestling stuff because I've tried to really uh, separate my two careers and also really tried to prove myself as an actor because that was what I set out to do. I never pursued, you know, being a movie star. Uh, it wasn't after, you know, the glitz and glamour of being in the films. I just wanted to be a better actor. Uh, I became obsessed with acting. And so when my agents first told me about this role and said, it's it's professional wrestling in nature. And I said, not a chance, not a chance. I'm just not interested. And uh, so one of my agents, Ryan Ibushi, um, he said, just, you know, just read it. Because he really knows me. He knows what I'm after. And he said, just read it and, and tell me what you think. And so I read it and I was like, I was blown away. It was just so deep. And I also looked at it as a huge opportunity for me to really stretch myself as an actor and still, you know, prove myself as an actor, because that's really what I, I, what I want. I want to be respected as an actor. And I want that, that level of respect. I want that respect from the fans, from the audience, but also from my peers. 
And so I thought this was just, uh, you know, notching my belt if I could pull this off and give them the emotion that they were looking for in this character. So let me just tell our listeners, Avalanche, which is the Mm. name of the episode, it Mm. does have a a wrestling angle, but it's not about wrestling. It's about... Not at all. It's about a wrestler dealing with some traumatic experiences and memory. He's been, yeah, he's been traumatized in the worst way. And it kind of, uh, you know, explains who he's grown to be. Uh, and also he's, he's blocking out a lot. So basically he's, he's going through therapy. He's going through therapy in room 104. And it, it's really, it's, it's an interesting episode, but I have to say that the series in general is very interesting because he just focus on all these <laughs> bizarre stories that have happened in this, in this hotel room. And it's very, it's just so creative and it's just so, you know, outside the box of ordinary. It's, it's, and so I really, I wanted to be a part of this and this episode in particular for a lot of reasons, but I think uh, the biggest reason is just to, to prove myself as an actor and be in good company because there's been some very talented people who have come through, you know, room 104. Absolutely. And let mm. me tell you, we, uh, my co-host for this series interviewed mm. Mark Duplass, who co-wrote mm. and co-produced Room 104. Right. And this is what he said about your performance. I mean, we're just so lucky to have him. I mean, that's the truth is, you know, this is a cheap arts and crafts show. We're not, you know, paying big bucks. And he's a huge movie star. And I think that you know, he really wants to do some more dramatic work and i think that the way our industry works is they're like well you're a wrestler and you did some marvel movies so you can do like action or comedy but that's it dude this is where you belong because that's all you're proven in and so you know we gave him a chance to do something different while at the same time he blessed our show with his presence and who he is and he's he's an amazingly kind and open person he's got tremendous depth and um i mean i wish you could see the dailies because like every take he has it and brings something new and different and raw and um it's like what i think it's one of the most beautiful performances we've had on the show and i hope that people will see it and i hope that he will get to do more work like this but because of it that would be you know a dream yeah that's like that's amazing and that's like I, what i said i mean that is what I've been looking for is that is respect for my peers. And so that is the kind of thing that it means something to me. That's the kind of stuff that makes me emotional um, because that's what I, I, I said after as, as when I left professional wrestling to be an actor, that's why I sacrificed leaving that career behind and, and search for, you know, comments like that. I'm a big fan of your work and this isn't the first role though, that I've seen you bring depth and, yeah. and even vulnerability to. And yeah. I say that as a fan of Blade Runner 2049 and you played right. a replicant who has right. seen a miracle, Sapper Morton. It even you right. know had a little spinoff, um, you know, episode to give his right. backstory because it was so compelling. I mean, you must've been extremely proud of that performance as well. Certainly. No, uh, I was extremely proud of that. And I think, uh, you know, it's weird. I think a lot of people missed out that that was actually me. When I tell people that was me there, sometimes they're surprised if they didn't know it was me, they're surprised to find out that that was me uh, because I was heavily made up. Um, and it was just a different type of performance, but it's funny because that small little role opened up so many doors for me. And, you know, as, as an actor, because people got to see me in a different light. You got to see me with my physicality taken away from me. So it did. It opened up, uh, you know, doors like Room 104. So I go out and be a performance and stretch myself as an actor. And I actually, 
I, uh, I'm, I've gotten to work with Denny uh, again, so I'll be working with him in, in Dune, uh, mm-hmm. which will come out this year. But it's also a different type of character from me. But, uh, the, you know, the funny thing about that is Denny didn't originally want me for Blade Runner. And I had to I had to earn his faith uh, for that role. And it wasn't easy. <laughs> but for, you know, the role in Dune, he actually uh, because I had earned his respect as an actor, he actually called me and just offered me the part. So it's like, that's, again, that's is a type of respect for my peers that I was in search of. So let's say that in Dune, you play the, mm. what's the word, brutish nephew yeah. of Baron Harkonnen, uh, Bossy <laughs> yeah. Robin. And yeah. I'm curious, so are were you a Dune fan ahead of time? You know, it's weird. I had, I struggled reading when I was younger and Dune would have been way, way over my head. It would just been, it would have been impossibly, impossible for me. So the only, only familiarity I had with Dune was, you know, the David Lynch film and which, you know, I didn't really get, I was a fan of, but not an enormous fan of. And then actually when I became aware that they were going to reshoot Dune, reboot Dune, um, I went back and I listened to the audiobook and became uh, a much bigger fan and, and saw how deep this, these novels were and how enriched the characters were in this whole world. I understood why Denny was so obsessed with it. So it was really quite an honor. Okay, we just talked about Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about Dune. You yeah. play, obviously, a very um, notable and people love your character, Drax mm. and Guardians of the Galaxy. But actually, right. that wasn't your first role that I could find playing an alien. You were on a you were in an episode of the TV series Smallville, and you played an alien named Aldar. And I went and looked it up. You escaped from the Phantom Zone, yep. and you sucked yep. the bones out of people for nourishment. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a funny thing is, so I was wrestling at the time, and I had zero interest in being an actor before that episode or after that episode. But I wanted to be. They they called and they offered me the part, and I took it. Because I wanted to be in something Superman related. <laughs> so I wanted to be on Smallville. <laughs> because I am, you know, people who know me know that I'm, I'm an enormous geek. I am, I, I am a total fanboy. And I wanted to be involved in Smallville. And so I took the part. But again, before and after, I just didn't have, I didn't have the bug. I had not caught the bug of acting. And, uh, you know, obviously in that role is not, <laughs> not who I wanted to be. You know, it's not who I aspired to be as an actor. Well, I'm not going to hold it up as the symbol of your career. I just think it's yeah, funny you. <laughs> that it's you've actually played some notable yeah. sci-fi That's, roles, right? I was I was saying recently that you know with all these sci-fi roles, like I'm going to be able to work conventions for like for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm set. My future is set. <laughs> well, uh, there's a. I hope they're still doing the Galaxy yeah. Quest reboot. That would be a great yeah. place to go. As oh well. my god! Yeah, and you know, Justin Long is a friend of mine. As well, mm-hmm. we you know we I, I, we talk about I bug him about that all the time. Fanboy out with him a little bit. That's great. Well, mm-hmm. let me ask you about just the obvious sci-fi mm-hmm. connection here, Guardian of the Galaxies. You're hopefully going to be coming back yeah. for volume three. Yeah. Any any I know it's you know way off, and I think it's still mm-hmm. in development. But mm-hmm. any clue what you would like Drax to be up to aside from maybe hanging out and chilling with Thor? No, I think there's you know I think. Drax is always a lot of fun. Uh, you're going to see more of that. And I think uh, a lot of more interaction with him and Mantis. And uh, that is, that's probably about all I can say without getting in serious trouble. <laughs> really? No, really. You can say whatever you want. We're happy to hear. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I can say that, yes, I am. Uh, 
contract is signed, sealed, and delivered, I will be in Guardians 3. And I'm actually ex- really excited because it's been pushed back so, you know, so far. I really just, uh, I want to, you know, I want to finish this. I want to wrap this up. We kind of started this journey all together. And I just, you know, I'm really excited about kind of wrapping it up, tying it up, um, and, you know, just getting it done. Any similarities between you and the character you play? <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I just had to ask. Not, not at all. There's just not at all. I'm, you know, because Drax is such a big character and I'm really not, like, I'm really a subtle person. I'm a soft-spoken person. And usually, I, I mean, I can go a day without even saying anything to anybody. I'm just just kind of an introvert. And, uh, but Drax being so big and, you know, uh, boastful and just, it's, I struggle with him sometimes. Uh, but no, no, I don't think any similarities at all. Well, he is big and boastful, but in a very mm. sly and yeah. careful way. In a very fun way. Very fun way. I yes. love the character. I've always <laughs> loved the character. And I love, you know, I love working with James and I love that he gets so much enjoyment out of the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think he, a lot of stuff he writes, there's even been a lot of stuff that he's written and had me perform that he hasn't used in films, but I think he does it to amuse himself. <laughs> <laughs> well, Drax is definitely someone who makes us all laugh because he yeah. is unexpected and surprising. Yeah, I like that. I take pride in that. Like, I really, I really take pride in that. Are you contributing in any way to the soundtrack choices this time? No, no. You know, James, it's weird. I think... He had, I, I think he had the soundtracks picked out long before the films. I know he did in the first film because we all get, um, we get copies. So we get, you know, CDs or playlists of the songs that he's going to use in the film before we go to and even film. So he's already got these well picked out and they're, they're all him. He's, you know, he's, uh, he's the boss. He's totally in control of Guardians. It's his, it's his baby. Uh, so no, he wouldn't dare let somebody else put <laughs> and put on, <laughs> on his precious soundtrack. Let me ask you about some other projects that you've worked on. Um, My favorite just recently is that you had a a scene in the home movie version of The Princess Bride, and you played Phasic, which I absolutely (laughs) adore. I'm a fan of The Princess Bride. I don't know who isn't. Yeah. What are you a fan of the Princess Bride? Obviously, you yeah, are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And who is Phasic to you? Because you did a really good job. Well, you know, it's weird because I struggled with this because I have a, you know, a personal connection to Phasic because of Andre. I've never met Andre. I didn't meet him. It was before my time. But you know, he was such. You know, he's such an iconic professional wrestler. He's such a legend in our locker room. And I didn't, it was a little, it was a struggle for me because I didn't know if I was supposed to do an impersonation of Andre, which I felt like would have been, you know, it just wouldn't have been bad. It probably would have come off like I was making fun of Andre, which I just never would do. But Jason, you know, Reitman actually just said, you know, just, you know, just kind of make them your own. And I said, don't, you know, really go off script because we're going to try to make this match the film as much as we can. We're going to edit it in and out of different clips of, you know, from the film and from other actors. Um, So just cut you know, kind of stay on script and, you know, stay, uh, you know, with the shots that, that they used. And other than that, he was like, uh, just make it as homemade as possible. Use whatever you have lying around your house. Don't go out and buy anything. We just want this as homemade as possible because we wanted to feel like this was, you know, this was made, you know, from you know, people are in quarantine. We want people to know what this is. And 
And uh, it's really just for a good cause. So it's people really just giving, giving their time to help, you know, help a lot of people. And I was actually very honored to be involved in this because for one, Jason Reitman calling me up and asking me, but also if you look at the, the cast list, it's like, and they're thinking me, of me along the lines of some of these cast members. And it's just, it was just such an honor. And then I get to help people on top of that. I mean, it, uh, you know, this is what life's about, man. I think you did a successful job as a yeah. devoted fan of The Princess Bride. I think you yeah, did it justice. So well done you. you. My Spy on Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. you go up, as I said, go up against the rule, which is you never play against mm-hmm. kids and animals and you do both. Why don't mm-hmm. you tell us what, what attracted you to that project? Um, well, what attracted me to the project was originally, um, so I'd gone to meet with SDX Studios and the, for the very first time in my career, the whole uh, executive board walked into a room and said, we want to be in the Dave Batista business. <laughs> and I was blown away. I didn't even know how to respond to that because I was still trying to, you know, my, make my way as an actor. But they did. They said, we want to be in business with you. And they said, we want to do something along the lines of kindergarten cop. Are you interested? And I said, yes. And they said, well, do you have any ideas? I said, yeah, I have a lot. And so they said, okay, well, we're going to have our creative team, team call you next week and we're going to start getting busy. And so, that's what happened. And they just, they, they really fast-tracked this. This moved very fast. Uh, so they called me and I gave them a bunch of ideas and they sent a list of writers to me and they said, who do you like on this list? And I, I gave them uh, a few choices and they sent out the, my ideas to writers and, and they sent pitches and and I picked the one I liked the best. And then they gave me a list of directors. They said, who do you like on here? And I picked out a few and I talked to a couple and Pete was obviously my guy. I just fell in love with him. And uh, I was kind of off to the races and we started casting and I came along uh, Chloe's uh, casting tape and I just fell in love with her. I thought she was just, just amazing. It's just brilliant. And so, so we did a chemistry test and I was, and we cast Chloe. We should sp- say my spy. You mm. play a spy mm. who is sent in <laughs> undercover to, pre- spy. <laughs> to, to protect a, a young girl who right. is, you know, the, you know, in peril, she and her mom. Right. And uh, you have to, you're supposed to watch them from afar, but right. you blow it and ends up blowing your cover or the, the young girl is smart enough to yeah. figure out who you are. And that's where your relationship goes. I mean, that's yeah. a picking, uh, picking your director and your cast and your script. That's mm. a far cry from Smallville. That was by far the biggest accomplishment of, of my career as far as being a, a film producer and being completely involved. It was the first time I ever got to be involved in the process from the very beginning to the very end. And I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of that film. And I'm really proud. I'm so proud of Chloe. She just... She's just a brilliant young young lady, and she's got a she's got a big future ahead of her. Well, let's switch tacks for a second and talk talk about mm. a lot of, another project that you worked on mm. that is coming up. I believe mm. this one will be released on Netflix, which is Army yeah. of the Dead, and yeah. I love the description of this: an American yeah. zombie heist action film. <laughs> so this uh, particular project came to my attention. I was at actually at a, at a Golden Globes after party, and I had talked to. Uh, Zach's agent because they had they were right in the middle of, of of making that deal and I wasn't super interested in it because I had been talking to Zach for a, a few years about doing this other project was that was very much an actor's piece and that was the one I was interested in. Zach came to me personally and uh, talked to me about the project and asked me if I would be interested in doing it and because it was him and because I wanted to work with him so bad I said yeah of course. And then, so then I actually read the script after he uh, talked to me about it. And I, I thought it was great. It's just so much, it's so much fun. 
It's just, and it's an interesting premise. It is. It's a, without giving away too much. It's just, it's zombies and uh, and and it's a heist. <laughs> it's, a, it's a zombie heist movie. It's 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 great. It's just so much fun. Well, you didn't give away very much there. So yeah, I'm trying not to. It's a little <laughs> tricky sometimes because I I don't want to. I don't want to give away any spoilers, but it is, and it's got a lot of heart to it. There's you know, there's relationships and there's, you know, you got your funny moments, your dramatic moments, your exciting moments, and then there's zombies. I mean, you can't go wrong. I hope it is fun because we could use some fun. Yeah. And yeah. Speaking, speaking of fun, one last project I want to ask you about mm. before I oh. ask some other questions is about Stuber. Right. You played kind of, I mean, you played the straight man to yeah. this very, <laughs> very skilled and very talented comedian. And yeah. how hard was it not to laugh? It was extremely hard <laughs> because <laughs> everything that comes out of his mouth is is funny. He's just he's just so he's just got that sarcastic humor. He's just so great at it. We actually formed a really great relationship. I love Camille, and I was really hoping that I thought I thought Stuber was going to make a a much bigger splash. I just thought it was really such a fun movie, and some of the reviews we got on it were like, man, there was like. They were so analytical. I was like, man, this is, just, it's just a, it's just a stupid buddy film. And I was like, they really, and I had one review that like compared the action to John Wick. And I was like, that's, it's not, we're not even in the same universe as you know, John Wick. But I, I just thought, you know, it was just a fun film. It was just a lot of uh, just fun banter. Uh, we were playing with stereotypes and we we're also trying to make a point. It's just fun and it's funny and it's it's lighthearted. Is comedy harder than drama? For me, it is. Yeah, for me, it is. I think it's just because, um, you know, I don't know. I never saw myself as a comedic actor. I, and I guess, you know, comedic talent is in playing the straight man. You know, it's just staying, saying stupid things with a straight face. <laughs> 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 but, uh, um, but I, I, yeah, it is. It's a bit challenging for me. Let me ask you just again about some of your acting choices. Mm. I, you mentioned here today that you want to be, you know, take on roles that show that the depth of your acting. But I also yeah. read someplace that you mentioned that you're a huge fan of musicals. And yeah. so what what is your favorite musical, may I ask? It's, well, you know, and I hate to be like super generic, but at this, at this point in time, it's Hamilton, which I've seen on stage four times and I've seen on the Disney channel, <laughs> Disney plus like three times. Uh, but just, I just love it. I just, it's just so brilliant. There's just so many brilliant things about it and the performances and the music. It's just so much, it's so much fun. It's so well done. And I get, uh, I've gotten emotional every time I've gone to see it. So I think uh, by far it's Hamilton right now. And again, I, I hate to be generic because I know a lot of people are probably going to say Hamilton, but it's just, uh, to me, it's just so it's just so brilliant. Well, it's definitely of the moment, so I don't mm. think there's anything wrong with that. But is yeah. it true that you can't sing? Oh, I can't sing at all. <laughs> you know, I can't sing at all, which I think is, I think is, you know, it's it's, it, I, you know, probably why I I love it so much. I'm just in awe of people who can perform uh, to that level. You know, the singing and dancing and just acting. It's just it, to me, it's. Like it's the impossible. I'm in awe of people who are theatrical performers, who are musical performers. Uh, I just, 
it's something that's for me it's the unattainable and i just am in awe of it i, I just love it it's so inspiring to me okay so we're not going to see dave batista in my fair lady uh, but maybe what about a rom-com is that something that you'd be oh yeah i've actually so i've been trying to develop a rom-com with Kristen shawl i want that more than anything i think would we would be the most unlikely couple ever and I just, I'm a fan of her as a person. I'm a fan of her as performance. And I think that we would just make a funny rom-com couple. <laughs> I can't even, I just can't stop laughing at the idea. So we've had a couple ideas floating around and we uh, have actually been talking to Pete Siegel about it because we'd love him to direct it. Uh, we just, we have a very uh, kind of a, a family relationship. And uh, yeah, so, if, you know, on my wish list, I'd love to do a rom-com with Christian Shaw. That would be at the top of my wish list. So I mentioned at the start of this that we're a tech site. And I'm yeah. curious about, you know, you said you're not, you know, a oh, tech God. proficient. Not but <laughs> Do you have a favorite piece of tech? I'm, you know, like most human beings, super addicted to my phone. Um, but that's about it. I'm just, I'm not even good with my phone. I'm bad with everything. I'm just... <laughs> I'm just not, just not good. I'm not complete. Like I'm not like my mom is, <laughs> I sat down, I bought my mom a Mac and for a day and I'm not, I'm not exaggerating a whole day. I tried to teach her just to, to Google things, to search things, to use uh, search engines. And it was just like, <laughs> it was still like impossible. And my mom, she's just <laughs> not text and she has no patience with it at all either. So but I think, you know, for me, it's just, like most human beings, it's it's my phone. Well, maybe your mom needs um, a voice assistant to help her. Well, she, that. you know, now she does. <laughs> she she does the voice voice to text, and I can always tell when she's voice to text because for one, it's just like one run on. It's one like one long run on sentence, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like a lot of uh, a lot of uh, auto corrects. It's it's pretty fun. They're pretty fun. I actually thought about like taking some of her her text and voice to text and, and posting them, but I just couldn't do it. My mom would be so pissed at me, but sometimes they're just so funny. Well, again, your mom is what, 71. So we're going to cut her slack yes. on that as well. Yeah. <laughs> the name of this podcast is called I'm So Obsessed. And so I'd yeah. like to ask you what you're obsessed with, but before you answer that mm. question, uh-huh. I want to also make sure that I ask you, are you still into collecting vintage metal lunchboxes with Bruce Lee, et cetera? Tell yeah. me about your vintage metal lunchbox collection. Yeah, this my collection. It's not like enormous, but it's pretty, It's I think for what I have, it's pretty impressive. And uh, I have a, like probably, I have uh, upwards of 200 lunchboxes. <laughs> and, uh, uh, Dave Batista, that is enormous. <laughs> I just want you to well, know. I, I've seen collectors with like thousands of lunchboxes and it's like they get every, they want like every lunchbox that was ever created. And me, I'm pr- pretty specific about what I want and what I'm after. And also pretty specific about the condition that they're in. Um, but I like, you know, stuff that's related to, you know, things that I grew up on, anything superhero related, TV show related, film related, you know, things like that. And uh, there's a few other things I like, you know, have collected that are kind of hard to get. And then some are just gifts. People give me, usually gift me lunchboxes. 
because uh, I know it's what I like. And I always tell people it's just the wrong thing to gift me because I'm so particular about my lunchboxes. Yeah, your personal favorite. Is it still? I, I read this still again. still Green Hornet, yeah. 1967 Green Hornet lunchbox yeah. with Bruce Lee on it. It is. I just love it, man. It's just something special about it. And the one I have is not in like the best condition, but it's just, it, I don't know, but I just, I love it. It's my favorite. I'm always drawn to it. And I, it, it is, it's because, you know, it's Bruce Lee, like an Asian character in a lunchbox in the, in the 60s. Yeah, I just I just love it. And, and I love Bruce. I love, you know, what he did for film, what he stood for in film, and that he was so far ahead of his time. I mean, it's just, again, I think going back to me being a kid, I'm half Filipino, which a lot of people don't know, but I, I grew up with that side of my family. So I've always related more to like an Asian influence. And so he was, you know, he meant so much to me, you know, as a kid being that that asian actor on screen that was like a superhero like he was like the first superhero to me that's great do you, do you use it do you take it out and carry your lunch oh, god. oh god no <laughs> <laughs> well that's kind of that's kind of too even, bad yeah i don't i don't even like people to touch it because <laughs> i'm afraid it's gonna you know get it'll get scratched or it'll get banged up someone will drop it someone will bump into it someone you know, so I don't want it to, you know, I'm really particular about preserving the condition of these lunchboxes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, so then let me ask you the original question that led into the lunchbox discussion, which is sure. what are you obsessed with? I, I, you know, I think, and I, you know, we've kind of covered it, but I think I'm obsessed with, with acting. And I think that goes back to why I'm after, you know, these um, dramatic roles, because I feel like I, I can't get any better. I can't grow as an actor unless I'm performing and then I can't do that unless I get these roles so I'm just like obsessed with searching for these roles obsessed with thinking about performances and even when I'm watching other uh, actors perform certain characters on you know, film and films and television I'm obsessing about how I would perform these roles how I would you know I, I you know I, I love it I'm absolutely obsessed with it I'm obsessed with storytelling and and, and acting Dave Batista, thank yeah. you so much for your time. Yeah. And yeah, uh, hope one day I get to see your lunchbox, but I promise not to touch them. <laughs> <laughs> Deal. <laughs> Thanks again to Dave Batista for talking with me. And thank you for listening. We hope you'll take a moment to subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, be safe. <laughs>